We call this guy Graham Couch, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, co-host of Couch and the Rube podcast, wherever you download podcasts, great Twitter feed. He joins us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Bill? Doing good. Uh, You know, trying to figure uh, this game out because State had a chance uh, to beat Iowa, a really good chance uh, to beat Rutgers until the fourth quarter implosion, mostly by special teams. And yet here they are, a 25-point underdog going into a home game against their rival team. Your thoughts on where Michigan State football is at right now? Yeah, and and we've seen this game before when Michigan was a heavy favorite and it winds up being close, or or in one case, uh, you know, in 2020, Michigan State actually won the game outright. Um, Back then, though, we had misjudged Michigan. Right, the Michigan had like this game in the COVID year in front of nobody, where they blew out a bad Minnesota team, and everybody thought they were good, and that was a weird year. I, Michigan hasn't been challenged this year, but I think we know that that team is for real, and that's the difference. And they do a lot of the things that Michigan State doesn't in terms of the details and knowing who they are, having an identity, and they're just way further along on things and. So, you know, there is there is a chance that Michigan State doesn't do the things that have bitten them all year and that this is closer than we think, but there's just no evidence to suggest that Michigan State won't make those mistakes because that's sort of who they are at this point. And, um, I mean, they, obviously losing Rutgers, losing the Rutgers the way they did was an extreme, um, you know, sort of melt, a collapse of sorts, more so than the Iowa game. But the same, you know, the... the the parts were all the same there. I mean, it's, it's a team that was in some measure of control and then didn't make key plays down the stretch, made special teams errors. And, and it's not just, you know, yeah, a ball goes through a punter's hands, but there's a the way they lined up incorrectly forced them to re-kick that ball. I mean, the issues are, are um, you, you know, and, and they've been a lot on special teams, but there have been discipline and, and issues throughout, and, and um, I, I just don't think those things correct themselves in a game like this. Is the only way MSU posts a W if Michigan gives it away? Would you would you lean that way, talking about yeah. the matchup? Things would have to happen that just haven't happened yet. Like, there's zero evidence that Michigan State can win this game. I mean, there's, just, there's none. And not from a talent perspective, not from a execution standpoint, not from a coaching standpoint. There's nothing that's happened this year that suggests Michigan State can win this game and that Michigan will give it away. It is true that to this point, Michigan hasn't been made truly uncomfortable. You know, they've had a couple games that took them a while to pull away, but they weren't uncomfortable in the second half where it was like, boy, this. And so that would be interesting if somebody could do that to them and and make them respond. But it's a pretty seasoned team. And and Michigan State in those settings where they've been on the brink of something good um, hasn't you know, come through and it, it's and MSU just doesn't have the difference makers. They've got some decent talent here and there and they've got guys on, I think their defense is coming along. I think, um, Kaden Hauser was, uh, you know, a, a breath of fresh air, you know, punched the hole in the end zone, so to speak. And that had been a wall for them for a few weeks. And, um, but they're, they're, they don't have guys that, that strike fear into you that can overcome an imperfect, you know, uh, focus and and execution and all that stuff and Michigan State's just not that team. So is the 25 points early spread and it could fluctuate based on Michigan or Michigan State action 
uh, is it the right fit for where Michigan and Michigan State are at right now? Yeah, I think so. If I had to pick the game right now, I'd probably go like 40 to 10. Uh, I certainly wouldn't pick Michigan State even with that number. I'd be hesitant to pick Michigan. Uh, I mean, we saw Michigan beat Rutgers 31 to 7, right? And and without which would not have covered that spread. And Michigan State uh, by every account except the you know the fourth quarter <laughs> was better than Rutgers on the road. So you know there there is a world in which Michigan State covers that, in which Michigan style like Michigan's different than Washington. It's not is high octane. It's not going to hit you with as many quick strikes, most likely. And, and with the new clock rules and everything, there's a chance that it is a 31 to 10 blowout that never feels close, but really isn't all that close. And so that could also happen in where Michigan State covers the spread. But I, I just don't see a scenario in which uh, Michigan is really tested late. What's the latest on the coaching search? Anything you're hearing? I know Urban Meyer said he has no interest getting back into coaching. I don't know if that ups the price for any prospective uh, team or school, but I, I don't see the Urban Meyer connection. I know there are some boosters. Who Who's a realistic short list? I know we talk about this every time, but you know, with Twitter and Facebook, it's a moving process with Michigan State still not having a head coach. Yeah, I mean, and it's such a long runway, right? You just don't have seasons where your, your head coach is fired two weeks in, and so the, the process is two and a half months of – it just it's, it's almost – I'm not saying it's better than the alternative of not having enough time and, and, and what happened with D'Antonio and, and the, the speed in which they had to hire Mel Tucker. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, a tricky almost – you almost have to pace yourself, right? Because some of these guys are not really willing to even engage in conversation yet, and that's a tricky spot to be in. Um, you know, I don't think the Urban Meyer thing is entirely unrealistic. I, you know, I don't think it's um, probably a, a unified position at, at MSU that that he's the he's the guy. But I, I, everybody's got their price. I think Urban would have his price in terms of you know what somebody says is an economic club or something. I don't take a whole lot of stock in. I, I still think it's a, a small chance that he winds up being the, the option. I also understand the appeal. Like there is nobody. If you're a Michigan State fan. And you look at who strikes fear into Michigan. There is nobody you could hire better than Urban Meyer, right? Because of the way the rivalry went with Ohio State and Michigan and what Urban Meyer did to them over a number of years. So I understand that sort of thought. I also think, you know, somebody at Ohio State now, like a Brian Hartline, makes a lot of sense to look at. Um, You know, I don't know how much they're going to put into a sitting head coach and how important that is. I think it's something they probably want. I would... I would be inclined, though, if you find a really bright offensive mind from a great program, I think that's also uh, a compelling way to go. Um, uh, you know, and so, uh, uh, you know, w- w- the names haven't changed. It- it's still the, the, you know, the Mike Elkos, but that's not the Michigan State's list. That's the list that we're all. It- it's never. There's never been a list yet, and that's the thing that that people need to understand. You can read a list that people say this is what I'm hearing. What you are hearing is usually national writers being told by agents, hey, my guy might be a candidate for Michigan State, and those guys have all sorts of agendas. It it just isn't real. What we've heard to this point is not real. And so I think some of those lists make sense. Some of those guys make sense. Um, But there isn't really a, uh, a strong candidate list. And the reason Urban Meyer's name, has come up so often as he's the one guy not coaching now. If you're if you're the head coach at Duke or Washington State or wherever, 
you it cannot come out six games into the season that you would have any interest in the next job, nor may you have even thought that entirely through yet about your own place. It just happened so early. If Tom Izzo called you and said, Graham, who is the right fit, not just short term, not just because it makes Michigan uh, nervous, and again, they're number two in the country, and they're on a collision course maybe to play for a national championship and a third straight Big Ten title, and you would tell Izzo in that conversation, I think this guy is a guy who could be here the next 10 years and win and take the program back to a championship level who is that football coach anywhere on this planet? So I, I'd want to sit in the interview process, but the guys I'd want to talk to, I mentioned Brian Hartline. I'd want to talk to uh, Dicker, or the guy out at Washington State. I'd want, to, I'd want to kick the tires on coaches at places that you assume you can't get, but you never know when somebody's not happy. You never know when... You know, somebody isn't getting the support or resources. There's some sort of strife, um, you know, and, and that goes to people is, 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 you know, I'd be interested in at least engaging with and finding out, like a guy like Marcus Freeman. Does he see Notre Dame as a place that will truly support him uh, no matter what? You know, uh, probably does. Probably not a guy who's going to have any interest. But he's somebody I think is going to be a really good head coach and is on his way to becoming that. And if Notre Dame's not going to have the patience with them, I would be willing to that sort of thing, you know. So that sort of those, those are those are the type of guys. I would, but I would want to go younger. I, I would want to find somebody who was in their you know thirties or forties, um, and and I thought really could uh, could could grow into a job and and and, um, and, and, and fit. But th- those would be the type of candidates I'd go after. I, I don't think they can gamble on an assistant who hasn't been a head coach. Uh, where everything is at right now with Michigan State on and off the field, they have got to have someone who's been a head coach, one at some level. Uh, I don't care if it's D2, if it's, uh, if it's the MAC. They need a coach who creates a culture – and I know you can look at Dan Campbell and said he wasn't a head coach. NFL can be different, but if, if this was after D'Antonio or after you had a long run, yes, I'm cool with the assistant. But they need a guy who's been a head coach. I don't think Narduzzi uh, is, is the guy uh, to get them back to the championship level. Is, is there one guy out there that uh, really you say been a head coach, is a head coach that – Man, this dude was doing it at a at a smaller level, smaller conference. He comes to East Lansing, he'll kill it. No, not that I know of. You know, right. and I'm, I'm sure that, but I'm sure that guy exists. You know, I mean, I think that's the hard part about the job is you got to uncover that guy. I mean, why did you hire John L. Smith instead of Urban Meyer in 2003? That's the mistake <laughs> you cannot make. You know what I mean? Like, you know, where where were and 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 can you? And, and the thing about assistant coaches is, yeah, you you don't want to hire them, but Anybody and their brother could have had Kalen DeBoer if they didn't make him go to Fresno State. And can you realize that when he's at Indiana? And that, that's the sort of thing that is the interview process and who you talk to and you know all that stuff. And, and I agree there's value in being a head coach. I think there's value. I, I've had people tell me before that the sweet spot is like in your late 40s as a head coach because you've been enough places. You've got a Rolodex of guys you want to work with. You've been someplace that doesn't work. You've been fired once in your life, which is valuable. You know why it didn't work. And so there, you know, there's an age where um, it, it really makes a lot of sense. And, 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 you know, guys like Elko certainly fit that 
age group and guys who have been around and, and worked in a, in some big programs. And I mean, you know, the, the thing that's, in, you know, Elko does not, is not going to, I don't think in, inspire people. Um, but it's not about winning the press conference necessarily because you know, it's about winning at Michigan state. You can get through that day. Um, as long as everything after that goes well. And as long as people like that person, um, it may not be when you announce that that hire. If that person makes the right moves and people want to be be part of that, but you know you're, that person is also going to have to convince a big chunk of a roster to stick around pretty quickly and to recruit a class right away. So it's not going to be something where there's this ease in process because how painful the next few years are for Michigan State will be largely determined by the work that person does in. December, January, and, and, and really that's it. And then you'll, you'll, you'll have a sense of what the roster is going to look like in the short term. Graham Couch, great conversation, my man. Opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, Couch in the Room podcast, wherever you download podcasts, follow him on Twitter. As I always say, if I got to spell Couch, he doesn't want you to follow him. Thank you, Graham. Appreciate you, Bill. Take care. Yeah, back at you. Good stuff.